0: Welcome to the Around the Republic podcast. I am your host, Brian Nichols, Associate Editor at the Libertarian Republic. And today marks yet another addition to our summer interview series. For today's episode, I am joined by Young Americans for Liberty's Cliff Maloney Jr. Cliff is the president of Young Americans for Liberty, which is a non youth organization based in Arlington, Virginia, that boasts over 900 college chapters across the country. YAL's mission is to identify, educate, train, and mobilize youth activists committed to winning on principle. Before YAL, Cliff served as a national youth director for the Rand Paul presidential campaign and built an apparatus of 507 student for Rand chapters. He has built field programs for over 22 campaigns, including Dog Catcher, State Legislature, Congress, Senate, and Presidential. Cliff's appeared on Fox Business and Reason TV. He has been also published in Time, The Hill, Huffington Post, and The Washington Examiner. Cliff enjoys empowering freedom activists to find the most productive ways to advance the principles of liberty. You can follow Cliff on Twitter at LibertyCliff, with two Fs, and find YAL at YALIberty.org.
1: Cliff, thanks for joining. Hey Brian, thanks for having me today. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I'm really glad we were able to get this set up. I know we had a few uh, timing changes. We had to work around there, but I mean, otherwise, I think this is going to be a really great interview. Um, You know, and as the folks listening know, this is a part of the interview series here for the Around the Republic podcast to focus on uh, the coalescing of uh, of essentially, I want to say movements, but the the different factions within the the larger right. Uh, side of the political spectrum, be it conservative, libertarian, uh, moderate, uh, or, or the likes. Um, and as a, a pretty <laughs> established um, you know, mover and shaker here in the uh, millennial movement, uh, especially with uh, you know, building these, these great chapters across uh, the United States for uh, Young Americans for Liberty, definitely think you're going to have some uh, some great perspectives um, as to how to accomplish that goal. Uh, but really quick, a great big thank you to our listeners for joining us uh, for this week's podcast. Uh, the Around the Republic podcast is a part of former Libertarian presidential candidate and recently announced United States Senate candidate Austin Peterson's Libertarian Republic Empire. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please feel free to subscribe and share. Also, feel free to give me a follow on Twitter <clears throat> on Twitter at B Nichols Liberty. All right. So, uh, yeah, Cliff. First and foremost. I, I think it'd be great for you to kind of, you know, go ahead and and kind of give us an introduction as to your uh, starting off into the liberty movement um, You know, prior to your days at Young Americans for Liberty. What really got you started on this path um, that's led you, you know, so far uh, so quickly?
1: Sure. Well, I'll tell you what, Brian, feel free to uh, cut me off, but I'll uh, I'll try to give you the, the juicy details. <laughs> so in 20 uh, in 2010, I was in college. Uh, studying to be a math teacher, and uh, was excited for that. And I have a lot of passion in, you know, teaching uh, teaching kids, and something that really interests me. And uh, I found this video on YouTube. There was this guy, it was this old man from Texas uh, named Ron Paul, who, uh, you know, I've since uh, got to know very well. And you know, I saw I found this video. It was the moment where uh, Dr. Paul was uh, pretty much educating the American people after an exchange with Rudy Giuliani. Uh, about blowback and just understanding foreign policy and understanding uh, you know what uh, what really you know what freedom really is and and why uh, certain countries have um, you know attitudes towards us, or at least uh, you know really, what a sober foreign policy looks like. And so that was a really interesting moment for me. Uh, and I was very apathetic before that. I mean, I was not really politically or philosophically engaged. And you know, I started really—I uh, like to call it the, the black hole of YouTube videos, right? The black hole of Ron Paul YouTube videos, <laughs> where you know you're kind of you're kind of putting pieces together, and and this guy makes a lot of sense, and you're like, well, how is this guy not president? And how is, you know, this libertarian philosophy not more mainstream? And so I, I you know, I dug in. I started to read a lot, reading Hayek and Rothbard and Mises, and really just trying to figure this whole thing out, and and, and the pieces started to fall into place, and. I, uh, I got involved uh, in 2011. I actually ended up interning for Ron Paul on the Hill. Um, Dr. Paul's team hired me, and that was a life-changing experience. In 2012, I got involved. I went out to Iowa for the campaign. Um, I got to bring Dr. Paul to Pittsburgh. Uh, but I met a man uh, during the campaign or, or during my time in D.C. I met a, name, uh, a guy named Jeff Frazee. And uh, Jeff Frazee, was, uh, he's my currently my mentor, uh, somebody who uh, has, has really helped me uh, to develop as a leader uh, and, and just as an individual. Uh, but he started Young Americans for Liberty uh, back in 2008 uh, after Ron Paul uh, you know, ended his presidential race. And so what happened was uh, I kind of had this opportunity. You know, he, he said, well, you need to start a Young Americans for Liberty chapter on campus. So I became a member. I was the founding member. Uh, I went to a school, a small school, uh, University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown out in uh, western central PA. And uh, I was a founding member of my Young Americans for Liberty chapter and uh, was chapter president. Uh, and, and really, we just built it. I mean, we built a presence on campus. And uh, in 2013, I went to my first Young Americans for Liberty National Convention. Uh, and I was uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, you know, a young guy. I was a junior in college. And uh, that was actually when I got promoted to run Pennsylvania as the Pennsylvania State Chair. And uh, that's a program we run here, a state chair program for current students to to really, uh, you know, take the, the, the strength and the success they've had on their campus and to help and assist other chapters throughout the state. Uh, and so I built this really cool network in Pennsylvania. We really took uh, Pennsylvania to the next level with Young Americans for Liberty, empowering students across the state, uh, to do events. And, uh, you know, I ended up doing my student teaching. I did some time overseas in New Zealand, some time here, but made a really interesting decision in 2014. And this was, a. Uh, after I worked on a campaign in California for a short time. Uh, and I decided to not teach. I decided to actually uh, take a job at Young American Liberty full-time. Jeff uh, Jeff Frazy, as I say, gave me a call that, you know, he kind of wouldn't let me hang up until I said that I'd, I'd come <laughs> be a regional director and uh, run the Northeast region. And so made the decision, came out the aisle, uh, that was 2014, and uh, took the Northeast uh, to New Heights. And then in 2015, got the call of a lifetime from Senator Rand Paul uh, asking me to be his national youth director. I was 24 years old, and that was uh, a very, um, you know, just just life changing moment. So that's a heck of a, a phone jump. call to get. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was, uh, you know, I mean, and I'm 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 very proud and blessed and fortunate. Uh, you know, I put a lot of hard work in uh, to to be able to get to that point, and then got that role. And uh, we built some really cool recruitment tactics and some processes. And uh, one of the things I'm very proud to say, you know, despite Rand not uh, winning the nomination, uh, we were able to start, as you said in the opener, 507 uh, students for Rand chapters. And there's, there's a lot of techniques we used uh, to, to get there. Uh, but what people have to realize is, you know, the, the main driver for that is, is the principles of liberty, uh, the principles that Ron stood for, the principles uh, that Rand stands for. You know, those are the types of things that, that people need to realize that it's, uh, there's a lot of excitement out there. Um, And sure, we've got some work to do. and We're working the long game here. And that's what I'm doing uh, every day when I work with the youth. But to start 507 chapters, I mean, we really saw some excitement out there. And uh, I mean, that gave me a lot of hope. So uh, Rand drops out of the race. Jeff Frazee calls me, says drive to D.C. So I drive from Iowa to D.C. And, uh, you know, Jeff gives me the offer of a lifetime. Uh, Once again, I I feel like I've just been kind of hit with a bunch of good luck. Um, But he says, hey, you know, uh, I want you to take over as president at Young Americans for Liberty. Uh, We immediately started the transition. And in May of 2016, uh, I took over at YAL. And uh, I have now been the president uh, for about a year and two months. And uh, it's uh, it's uh, I mean, I can't explain to you what it's like uh, to get to work every day with, you know, dedicated student activists, people that care about something uh, bigger than themselves. And uh, like I said, you know, when you, when you read my intro, I mean, empowering activists uh, to spread the ideas of freedom, uh, we've, we've really just, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy that I get to, to do this every day. Um, and uh, we're over 900 chapters now across the country. So we have a presence on all of those campuses. And our students, you know, they work hard. They're the ones that make it possible. They're the ones out there spreading the message. And uh, I'm just lucky to be a part of it.
0: And, and you know, I think that's... That for me is just astounding the 900 number um, because it's it's no secret that in contemporary America to be a shall we say conservative libertarian uh, you know whatever you want to identify on the right sure. on a college campus it's not not only not popular <laughs> but in some cases I mean honestly it, it can be dangerous um, you've know, huh. watched with what's happened over at colleges like Berkeley uh, right. I you know, as a I myself I was the president for my college Republicans group in New York um and you know, just having that title i know that i you know got daggers because of you know people who were of the left and of the i don't want to call them social justice warriors but of that mentality of if you do not toe the line with what we're promoting as our truth then right. not only are you the enemy but you are a bad person and and they would go out of their way to to demonize not only myself but any other people who share those types of views So Mm -hmm. the fact that you have 900 uh, different chapters across the United States with with loyal, active uh, participants and members, that to me is just, it's so empowering. It's so, uh, you know, just exciting to know that we have such a great foundation going forward to really help, you know, push the ideas of liberty, uh, of small government going forward. Um, So, I mean, with with your role now as as the president of, of YAL, what would you say has been, I guess, the, the top uh, moment of your presidency that you've been able to experience based on your interactions with these, these Young American for Liberty members across the nation?
1: Sure. Well, look, I mean, we, we built the organization. Um, one of the things I'll give Jeff uh, tons of credit for, our mission statement, okay? So our mission statement is four components, and we take this very seriously when we budget, when we build our programming, when we build out just our plans for the year. You know, we really look at those four components Uh, and those four components are are pretty simple. And if you don't mind, Brian, I just want to take uh, a little bit of time and and just go through them quickly. So uh, the first, let me, it's, so it's, you know, the mission is to identify, educate, train and mobilize youth activists, uh, as you said, to, you know, committed to winning on principle. So identify, educate, train and mobilize. So the first two, identify and educate, think of this as what we do on campus. This is our on-campus effort. To go out, identify leaders, so set up an infrastructure, set up a foundation, a Mm -hmm. leadership team on campus and really, you know, have the roots with our chapters. Okay, so that's why when we we identify leaders, we're setting up that chapter based organization. The second part to educate is what we do when we're recruiting, right, to go out to educate students on the, the issues. And we do this through campus activism. Now, I will stand in any room and I will argue and defend that we are the most active And the best when it comes to campus activism and actually recruiting and engaging new people, not preaching to the choir. I want to be pretty clear about that. And so that second step to educate is doing campus activism, doing fun projects on campus, uh, events like we're going to do in the fall, something called Restore the Fourth that we just announced, which is really just going out. We're giving out warrants across campus, uh, acting as (laughs) if, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're the NSA. And uh, I mean, for, for very frivolous things, uh, but but the, it's supposed to be humor. We try to do things um, to get students to engage. You know, we're giving them the warrant, but the reality is there's tons of information and we're trying to engage them, get them to the next YAL meeting, get them to sign up. And uh, that to me uh, is what we're trying to do is to educate students in a way um, that is fun, that's engaging, but that we're getting them to, to start to ask questions or to think outside the box and kind of break that paradigm uh, of of what I mean, you said it earlier. A lot of people on campus they're getting that big government, big government authoritarian message, and you know the libertarian, conservatarian message is, is very uh, is very different. You know, we're, right. we're not turning to the, the government for solutions. We're turning to individuals and, and, and you know to the community and, and through innovation uh, rather than government mandates. So those are the first two components: identifying, setting up chapter leaders, and, and actually building a foundation and then educating them through campus recruitment and and through really just campus activism and outreach uh, by doing fun issue-based campaigns, uh, national activism projects as we call them, to reach people. The third and fourth step uh, are what we do through our national efforts, and that is to train and mobilize. So we do different events throughout the year. The, The two sets of programs I'll talk to you about, the first one being our spring summits. So we did six events this spring. Uh, they're they're one-day events, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, you know, people come out, top student leaders, impressionable roommates, YAL members. Uh, <laughs> and we actually had, you know, in some of these st- uh, cities, I mean, it was pretty crazy some of the turnout. Uh, but in six different events, uh, Boston being our largest with 503 kids, wow. uh, we trained over 2,100 students. Um, and so I'm very proud of that number for six events, uh, averaging over 300 students at each of them. Um, and so that to me was kind of uh, a really successful uh, training. But but the training itself, uh, it's not just about getting kids there. It's not a social. It's not just to have fun. And believe me, we have fun. But the reality is, you know, we, we really have this theme that we run our whole organization on, and it's it's make liberty win. Right. W i n. And the idea uh, is that look, it's not just about having the right uh, perspective or having the right beliefs or the right philosophy. It's about learning how to be more effective at reaching other people, you know, with that philosophy. So the training components, we focus on persuasion. We focus on ways to actually authentically reach people. You know, we'll do role-playing, we'll do workshops, we'll do trainings that are hands-on so that students really, you know, they kind of get get out of, you know, get out of your shell a little bit and let's actually train and, and teach each other uh, how to reach people. And one of the best examples I give is, you know, I usually open up the summit by saying, "How many people here have uh, have persuaded their socialist uncle, you know, to 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 come to the ideas of liberty, right?" And there's no hands in the audience because you know if you can't even persuade mm-hmm. the one you love, uh, you know you you need to you need to actually realize that you have to work on it. Absolutely. And so that's that's something that we do. And uh, I know I'm, I'm I'm vamping here. Let me let me say this. And then our national convention yeah. each year uh, is uh, coming up July 26th to the 29th. And uh, that'll be a great event. That's four days. We only invite 400 of our top student leaders, and uh, that'll be something that, you know, in my opinion, really sets us up for success for the year, uh, because we teach students the basics of how to run a campus organization, how to recruit speakers to come to campus, how to send emails, all of the functionality uh, training, as well as that persuasion training, campaign training, uh, public policy process training, just teaching kids the basics. Uh, of how to be successful and how to advance our ideas. And the last component uh, to mobilize, you know, we we hired Justin Grice. He's now our director of mobilization. He's fantastic. And he works day and night uh, to get our students uh, connected with people in different parts of the country to help them find jobs, to help them, you know, get in the room for interviews. And, and that is a, is a really uh, something that has taken the organization. You asked me, you know, what's one of the most impactful things we've done? I think it's focused on that mobilization to get people into roles um, so that they can learn, they can get on-the-job experience, and uh, ultimately, we want to have people that believe in the principles of liberty in every corner of every industry in the country. And uh, I think that's exactly what our pipeline does. And uh, as we continue to grow, uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready for you know the majority of Congress to be <laughs> YAL alumni. Let's put it that way.
0: Oh, Amen. And uh, I think one thing that... Really excites me is because when you look at the the 900 chapters across the nation that you have for for YAL, um, that's not just the 900 chapters. There are thousands of students, a part of this, Mm -hmm. who you know when they go through the four years of college and they they've been able to to like you said they've been identified they've been educated they've been trained and they've been mobilized they can then go into you know the the quote unquote real life uh, right. game if you will and they can go ahead and and take what they've learned and and those ideas of liberty uh, of you know personal responsibility economic freedom and they can apply those not only to their own personal lives but to you know, hopefully, make an impact in their local governments. Um, you know, whether it's a, a city council or it's you know a, a state legislature, you name it. And uh, you know, I myself am the vice chair over here in Philadelphia for uh, the America's Future Foundation. Um, Great. What, yeah, which is very very similar in terms of the mission uh, that YAL has. It's just we focus more on after uh, after college, if you will. So like you know, you're you're busy working professional. Um, so you know just hearing what YAL's been able to do you know i i think it's almost like a perfect transition not to plug my own, my own group i'm a part of um, but I mean, well, I'll, uh,
1: yeah i'll i'll tell bob dick that uh, that you're making plugs on the air and i'm sure he'll enjoy that
0: <laughs> bob's a great guy no um and yeah actually we just had our, our back in april we had our national convention down in dallas and uh it's amazing to see you know how how great a outreach we have um not only just the americans future foundation but just the the overall presence of these conservative uh libertarian conservatarian ideals that are out there um it's just that people need to i think one thing i've noticed you know from uh my my own friend circle of those who have either just finished their college experience or um you know they they're currently in the college experience is that like i said earlier being a a libertarian conservative republican what have you on a college campus it's it's hard and it's right. it makes it very intimidating to uh, go ahead and really say who you truly are politically because those on the left that maybe don't agree with what your ideas are, sure. they'll demonize you. They'll go after you and they'll shame you into not saying those ideas. Um, so I think it's yeah. it's great to know that we have these organizations out there that can really you know help those of us uh, you know on the, the small government side of things have a, a, almost a coalition to go forward and really, you know, feel unity and promote the ideas of Liberty and, and, you know, really work together to achieve our missions on a grander scale. Um, so that was my vamp. Sorry. <laughs> I had to go there for a second. Um, so, you know, going forward, Cliff, looking at the, the, really the goal of this podcast today, um, is to really find the the best way forward that, both Republicans, conservatives, libertarians, moderates, neocons, you know, where we have 80%, um, we'll say 60 to 80% common goals. But we do have those, you know, 20 to 40% uh, differences that really do, uh, you know, fraction our our ability to work together. It It really makes it so it's hard for us to work together because of those differences. So you know i'm looking right now i i know it was literally just announced that gary johnson former libertarian party uh candidate he just launched his uh our america initiative literally like within the past hour um officially launching like his uh his new uh, group which is essentially the uh, according to their their website that i'm i'm going through right now it's uh a nonprofit organization dedicated to advancing successful reforms that limit government, maximize freedom, and prevent DC elite from hijacking our liberty. Um, Which I think is great. You know, uh, Gary had his flaws, but I think for him to go out and, you know, at least go into the activism mode is great. Um, You being president of YAL, what do you see as the best route forward for those on the right to coalesce Kind of get over our you know, twenty to forty percent differences, acknowledge them, be able to discuss them and try to then go and enact our our common goals, our commonalities in government going forward.
1: Yeah, let me list a few things uh, and feel free to to dive in and ask me mm-hmm. questions on them. So the first thing I think uh, to, to separate uh, people love labels you know and, and honestly it's it's funny because uh, Trump has kind of turned labels on their head. Um, you know, different people that would say they're uh, libertarian, you know, are diehard Trump supporters. Other yep. people would say they're conservative, and they would never vote for Trump. And I think it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I stand for the principles of liberty. I stand for limited government, free markets. Um, you know, and this idea uh, of constitutional principles. And to me, the 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 big thing to to start is to say you need to divide those uh, who care about ideas with those who care about access. I call it uh, principles. Uh, versus power right people that care about actually limiting government people that act you know they have a philosophical belief that, that says that individuals can do things better than government and that that to me should be heck you know uh, if, if everybody on the the quote-unquote right um should be you know jumping for joy at that well yes of course but it, it's not what you find when you look at some of these elected officials mm-hmm. um, i mean so to me I think that's the first place to start is not not separating or you know if we are trying to build a coalition to say hey we want to move forward I think you need to you need to really sort out who are people that have philosophical beliefs and a, and really a set of principles that that could possibly align with yours versus who is is suitless right who doesn't have mm-hmm. you know any type of principles they just want access they want power you know it's more about money or it's about you know it's just that it's the power um, and I think that's a good place to start and the coalition needs to be the people that believe in ideas. So, so let me jump in really quick, know... Cliff.
0: So like yeah, sure. so would would you argue that it would be I guess beneficial for the movement to I guess, you know, really stand up and then identify those in I don't want to say in positions of power, but those right. who have been able to take their positions and they only have those positions for their their own self-interest. And I guess I don't want to say expose them. But like to say, you know, hey, you are literally, you know, just in a position to grant yourself power going forward and you know, you're not helping our movement and then to I guess systematically either primary them or or whatever the
1: the next step would be. Sure. Do you think that would be an yeah. appropriate response? Oh well, what what I'm trying to say, the perfect example to this is the freedom caucus, okay? So take the Freedom Caucus. Um, and I know, you know some people don't do caucuses. I got to give mm-hmm. a shout out to my, my, my good friend, Congressman Thomas Massey, who's <laughs> one of my favorites. So I don't want to put him in this category. But take the Freedom Caucus those versus those Republicans who aren't in the Freedom Caucus. OK, the Freedom Caucus believes in something. They stand on principle. Okay, They're coming together and they to me sadly are some of the only hope I see coming out of DC yep so I'm not saying we need to expose you know organizational leaders or, or what I'm trying to say is we need to focus on helping those people uh, continue to to have more influence the people like those in the Freedom caucus Amen. people like Justin Amash, Thomas Massey, people like Mark Meadows, Mark mm. Sanford, you know, people that actually say they're, you know, for limiting government. And then when they get there, they actually remain principled. <laughs> Unlike other people I know. I mean, you know, I, I saw congressmen, you know, uh, coming as uh, you know, these Republican congressmen. I mean, look at like the Obamacare 2.0 and just some of these things where it's like, come on, guys. It's not constitutionally, you know, conservative. No. So I hope that answers the question. It's more Absolutely. finding finding people like the Freedom Caucus members who, when pushed to the test, they actually hold their feet to the fire and they stand on principle. And let's make sure we praise those people. Let's make sure we help build up those people. Let's provide resources and let's help those people uh, and their ideas, rather than the people that kind of hide behind the "oh, I'm on the right," uh, <laughs> or they hide in the Republican Party saying they're for limited government, and uh, and they're not. And so I think I think that's the first part. Uh, but the second part, you know, you talk about what 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 groups should do and. And, you know, do you, do you, you know, what's the strategy moving forward? One of the things I found, and I got to give credit uh, to one, uh, one of uh, a great friend of mine, I should call her, Uh, she said to me, she said, uh, she's a very good supporter of ours. And she said, right when I took over, um, I was talking about, you know, really expanding, thinking about doing high school stuff and, you know, post post post-college stuff. And, you know, we, we have an alumni program, but, um, She said to me, she said, Cliff, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I was like, well, you know, I was like, why? You know, what are you talking about? She said, you guys are absolutely destroying in in a positive way. I'm a 26-year-old. So, you know, when I say destroying, I mean, you know, really doing well um, on campus. You know, she says, you're reaching all these kids. You've got a model that works. Um, And what she said was scale that model, continue to scale it, continue to improve the quality of it. Uh, but it's leaps and bounds above what other people are doing, and you know don't spread yourself too thin. Focus on your niche. So that at first it was kind of startled me, but you know it was some of the best advice I've ever gotten, and I give that advice and I you know right here today, uh, if you're asking me, what do we need to do as a movement to successfully move forward? People need to find their niche. People need to find something that actually produces value and then focus all of their energy on that rather than everybody trying to be a one-stop shop. You know, mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be mm-hmm. a consultant. Everybody <laughs> wants to, you know, and, and, and Brian, I'm not calling you out here, but, you know, I get, I get an email a week for saying, so, hey, I'm starting a new podcast, you know, or I'm starting a new uh, Facebook page. <laughs> and, and the reality is, you know, and, and you've got a great show here, people need, to, people need to find what they're good at and build quality, um, you know, build quality around that and scale it up. And so that's, you know, what we're doing at YAL is our focus is on college campuses. It's a battlefield, uh, it's fertile soil, and uh, you know we're out there presenting the message and, and we're succeeding. And so what I'm trying to do as the organization's president is to find ways that we can continue uh, to see success. But not only that, I mean, we find some of these success areas and we just absolutely scale them up. And I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's what we've seen success on. We had this national fight for free speech campaign. You know, we started to realize that if we could build a system and all of a sudden, through this campaign, we've now overturned twenty-six of these unconstitutional speech codes. Wow! You know, so that conservatives and libertarians aren't getting shut down on campuses. So those—that's that's just one example of some of the things you got to find. Um, find what you're good at, what you have the resources to handle, and instead of spreading ourselves so thin you know, let's actually focus on being successful. Let's be mainstream, uh, with the principles of constitutional government. Oh,
0: Amen. And you know, it's actually, it's really funny that you, uh, you, you say that in terms of doing what you're good at. Um, back when I was in college myself, um, I hosted a, a, a weekly radio show, uh, which was, you know, top 40, eighties, nineties, and we said whatever. Um, and you know, I, I love the ability to do the radio. I, I truly, uh, I enjoyed the opportunity to reach you know, hundreds if not thousands of people at a time to, to be able to promote the music I liked. Um, but I've always had this passion for politics. I, I've grown up in a household that you know, politics was one of the, the, the main echelons of our entire uh, you know, family values. Um, so for me, I've always, I've always been politically motivated. But I never had the opportunity to take my political activism and and use a medium that I am so comfortable with, being radio. Um, so you know, my, my professional career, I've been in public relations, I've been in marketing and sales. Um, but I never was able to utilize the radio like I was back when I was hosting a, a an actual music program on the air. Uh, so when right. this this amazing uh, tool that is the internet slash podcasts became something that I became more familiar with. I said, well, why? I'm almost like Glenn Beck approach. I said, you know, why not use my experience doing radio mm-hmm. and my ability to, you know, convey what my beliefs are and hopefully bring people such as yourself onto the air to have messages okay. of Liberty promoted in a way that people can easily digest easily, uh, you know, not only access, but have the ability to then share that message. Um, which I think, it's one of the things that we as uh, those on the right have such a hard time doing is promoting our messages in ways that are easier for people to understand. Because it's it's one thing for you and I to have a conversation about libertarianism or conservatarianism or conservative values. It's an entirely another thing, like you said, to go out, actually speak to someone who they've never heard the message of liberty. They've never heard the message of you know personal responsibility and small government to actually not only talk to them, but to help educate them to a point that they can walk away from the conversation feeling like they, they've actually learned something. Um, so, you know, with that being said, what you're doing over there at Young Americans for Liberty, I mean, it's such a vital role um, going forward. Because really, we need to have young people learning the, the, the tools of liberty to be able to go out, spread the, spread the message. And really, you know, <laughs> go forward and, and change what right. we have right now on college campuses into their adult lives. Because otherwise, uh, you know, God, I, I fear for the future. But uh, you know, <laughs> but with that being said, um, you know, Chris uh, Cliff, we are getting ready to uh, to wind up here. I'm going to give uh, last word to you, really quick. Uh, anything you wanted to promote uh, for yourself or for Young Americans for Liberty going forward?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, look, uh, I'll just wrap up what you said and said it. Young Americans for Liberty. I mean, we're focused on the long game. There are tons of uh, organizations or tons of, uh, you know, just, I mean, the current political process, I mean, everything is now and uh, we're laying the groundwork. I mean, we are building the next generation of principal leaders and uh, it's really, like I said, it's a blessing to do it. Uh, If you're out there and you're looking to support us, head on over to YALiberty.org. And uh, if you're a student on campus, we would love to have you, you know, come on over, uh, get involved, uh, see what it's all about. I mean, we've got tons of opportunities. And our national convention, like I said, July 26th or the 29th is coming up. You can register at YALiberty.org uh, slash convention. Uh, but Brian, it's been fantastic. If uh, people are interested, I'm on Twitter at Liberty Cliff uh, with two Fs. And uh, we're going to continue to make liberty win, as we like to say at Young Americans for Liberty. Uh, appreciate what you're doing, Brian, and uh, appreciate the opportunity to be here.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, Hey, Cliff, thanks again for uh, for hopping on. We, again, I really appreciate it. Um, but no, until next time, folks, uh, this is uh, Brian Nichols from the Around the Public podcast, joined today by President of Young Americans for Liberty, Cliff Maloney Jr. Again, follow him on Twitter, at libertycliff. Like he said, two Fs and find Young Americans for Liberty at YALIberty.org. Until next time, remember, economic freedom, personal liberty. We'll see you next week.